Hello and welcome to Last Week's Day Podcast. I'm Stephen White, joined as always by Sarah Lovick. Sarah, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, we are on the weekend of Electric Picnic. Uh, I am not at Electric Picnic this weekend. And I'm um, not either. Kind of happy about that in a certain way. <laughs> um, but I, I'm sure it looks really fun on Instagram and stuff like everyone at it and things like that. It's it just, looks great. Yeah, it's just yeah. the idea of... Camping. camping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm camping for three days. It's not appealing anymore. No. Um, I remember the first year I went to a music festival camping was um, Oxygen 2005. Oh my and God, Oxygen. Oxygen, <laughs> so grim. And it was grim. Yeah. It was. Very, I remember looking out across the, uh, the tents and just seeing like carnage and it was like the Friday night and it rained that entire weekend. But uh, The Who played it and James <laughs> Brown. Um, wow. Yeah, and it was <laughs> the year like the Arctic Monkeys just came out. And they were just new. And then, like, Kaiser Chiefs were big. Hard Fi. It was all of that really, like, dodgy indie that was kind of very successful at that time. Um, someone else played it. Red Hot Chili Peppers played it, and they were so boring. They headlined on the, the last night. They were very bad. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I think they'd given up at that point. Yeah, I think that was kind of that the, they're coming to an end. Yeah, it really was. Really, at that point. It was yeah. such a bitty performance, because I remember, like, they did this... Or flee to this um, bass version of uh, Needle and the Damage Done by Neil, Neil Young. And it was just like, this is what I want. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of like, this is crap. But yeah, 2005, it was, I, it, I don't think the oxygen lasted much longer after that. I don't think so. It was the one thing I always really wanted to go to when I was like, I don't know, 12, 13 years yeah. old. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's a music festival that looks... So much fun, yeah. like so much fun, and then oxygen ended. Yeah, I remember that it ended. Maybe was it two thousand and eight? I, yeah. I don't know. What was it earlier? Probably two thousand eight, two thousand and nine. Yeah. I, I, I think Electric Picnic had emerged in the meantime, and kind of become the new cool thing and stuff yeah. like that. And surprised it's now. like still going because i feel like with festivals you mm. know they just seem to last a few years and people kind of move on mm. i mean it's the same thing oxygen yeah and electric picnic not very so, far yeah, yeah they're it, same thing just under a different name under different branding and yeah i suppose electric picnic has the kind of hallowed turf now that um what should we call it uh glastonbury has in the sense of it's, it's like yeah. a brand now you know what i mean like people will yeah. buy tickets to um electric picnic without actually seeing the lineup do you know what I mean? Like the same way Glastonbury will sell out before anyone's even announced a headline. It's just the idea of going there. Yeah, going and sleeping in a field. Going and sleeping in a field, <laughs> three in the morning, collapsed outside your tent. Yeah. <laughs> All that kind of jazz, eating burgers oh, at 11 yeah, o'clock see, in the morning. <laughs> see, if I had a nice, cozy little Airbnb, mm. I would be happy enough yeah. to go to that. But uh, I just, I just, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't camp. Mm. Um, I need the shower. Mm. I need a kitchen mm. to have like a healthy meal in the morning. So that's how you. That's how you get through with drinking a lot is eating healthy food during the day. You know, you <laughs> eat good food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing I've kind of got back, like taken back from uh, being on holidays because yeah. we just ate really good food, yeah. really good healthy food. Yeah. But also we drank loads. Yeah. But we all felt really good after it because we ate good food and yeah. Uh, yeah. This yeah, idea of like eat good food because it's important. <laughs> three days of not eating and yeah, doing other things is. Oh god, yeah, you I come back all in in a, in a, in a state. rough, yeah. rough state. Yeah, if I do recall, that's how usually. But I mean, I suppose like we were we were talking before we started recording about like other voices is kind of 
I love it. Yeah, call it a festival. Yeah, really. Otherwise, it's probably my favorite one. It's just really lovely. You go with your friends. You go out in the evening to all the gigs and stuff that's going on. Dingle Mm. is just the nicest little town, especially in winter. As we mentioned earlier, I was Mm. saying Dingle in winter is just so lovely and Mm. beautiful. And then you go home to like a cozy place, and that's Mm. that's all great. I love that. I'm more into that kind of. Festival. Well, it is a festival, really. Yeah, I'm good. more into those kind of festivals yeah. where it's a lot more chill, a lot more relaxed. You kind of get your map out. You mark who you want to see. Mm. You go and see them. You know, in mm. the evening when it's late, when you're finished with the night, you just mm. go home to a cozy, warm bed. Yeah. And you know, in the morning you can have a shower and be a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm way more into that yeah. than camping in a field for a few days. So it's less intense, isn't it? Because you yeah. like when you're in a other voices, you don't have to you're not in it. You know, you're in a you're in a village or whatever. Mm. But when you're in an electric picnic, there's no out. You're in a festival. That's it. For the yeah. next three days. Yeah. You, there's no like, oh, I might just go down and get myself coffee in the coffee shop or whatever. But mm. in the electric picnic, it's like you're back in the festival, the music's back on, all of this kind of stuff. No, I do most of like, shut up, old man. I will not. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that comes with age, I guess. It's just not wanting yeah. to be in that kind of atmosphere anymore. It does. And I mean, <laughs> I love, I love music. And I'd be there for the music, definitely yeah. 100%. It's mm. just that the whole camping thing comes along with it. Yeah. I don't, I personally mm. can't enjoy the music mm. if I feel like absolute shit. Yeah. And like, I'm I'm there for the music. I'm not there yeah. for the yeah. alcohol. I, prefer the I mean, alcohol, drugs, whatever. Yeah. Fun times. But. As <laughs> <laughs> a quote from this just, one. You know. <laughs> Sarah Lovick, drugs, fun time. <laughs> I said alcohol, drugs, fun times. Um, not encouraging anyone to use anything. Anyway. anyway um, um, yeah, but like. But, you yeah, know, like, I mean, feeling like absolute crap because you sleep on the yeah. grass and you don't get the right food yeah. and showers mm. for me are showers. I just don't feel like a normal person if mm. I don't have a shower. So for me, I can't enjoy the music if mm. I don't, you know. Yeah. Have a comfy bed and a shower. Kind of and some nice food that I can cook up rather than eat burgers all week. Get the refresh. But I, I get the appeal though. I mean I get oh. the appeal. I yeah. used to be I used to like that idea. I don't anymore. But you know. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I have a little bit of FOMO because I was seeing the pictures of uh, churches <laughs> who I like. I like churches. Mm. And I was like, Oh, it'd be cool to see him. And then I was just like, I bet you Monday morning they'll be announced play day in Dublin in like the Olympia or something like that which is usually what happens after yeah. all the bands that kind of are a success or are kind of big already will announce and now we're playing Vicar Street on April 10th or something like that so that'll mm. probably happen I hope it does because I really like churches also I just want to see churches yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Kendrick Lamar but anyway yeah Kendrick Lamar this yeah, week that'd be a fun one we're doing something a little bit different and this is inspired by a thing you did. Was it you did it in work? Yes, I did it in work and yeah. it's kind of like a fun thing to do if, you know, your work kind of revolves around you being in charge of the music or, you know, people in your environment being in charge of playlists that we yeah. play all day. Um, You quickly run out of music yes. and you quickly run out of playlists. Yeah. So it was kind of a very, very fun activity that we did, which was to put together our Desert Island playlists. Yeah. So what would you put on a playlist if you had to, like be shipped off to a desert a desert island forever yeah. so what songs would you take with you and yeah. we only we started off with 10 okay but it we had to like we had to extend that to 15 because yeah. people were having a lot of trouble editing down their playlists yeah um so yeah that's what we did and it was really fun and then we combined all of our playlists together and we had this one huge playlist that was really lovely yeah. everyone had a different approach some people were choosing music because they really liked the music yeah. and most of us were actually choosing songs that 
kind of like had memories tied to them or made us feel really happy for different reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of us actually went with the whole memory route, but we had two or three, two, one or two people yeah. going for the music aspect rather than like the memory aspect yeah. to the music. So yeah, and I thought it'd be fun if cool. we did our own yes. <laughs> this week. And that's what we did. We went and did that. And yeah. you sent me on yours. We were going to start with yours. Yeah. So do you want to introduce yeah. your uh, Sarah's Desert Island disc? <laughs> yeah, my Desert Island disc. Um, so yeah, the first song. So yeah, I, I myself personally went with the um, Memories yes. uh, playlist. So cool. it's a very odd playlist. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> when I looked through it, I was like, wow, you know, I feel like... I was genuinely surprised by some of them. Yeah. In a cool way, in a cool way. But I was yeah. like, oh, wow. I can't imagine Sarah listening to X, but <laughs> X is there. Yeah. Um, again, all of these are tied to like memories, uh, both from my childhood and mm. then later on. And then some of them are even have multiple layers of meaning to them. Mm. And uh, most most of the songs here just make me genuinely very happy. Mm. And that's what I'd want if I was shipped off onto a desert island to have songs that like make me happy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the first one I have, mm-hmm. they're in no particular order. Cool. It's just the way that I was kind of yeah. doing my playlist and that's just how they ended up. Yeah. But uh first one is There is a Light That Never Goes Out. Great. The Smith. Yes. When people think uh, of happy, they think of the Smiths. <laughs> I think of the Smiths when I think of happy. And you know what? I mean, I had to just tell myself, look, I can't mm. repeat artists yeah. on this playlist. Yeah. I'm not going to repeat artists. Mm. Otherwise, it just would have been a Smiths album. <laughs> my own compilation mm. of best of that yeah. I can <laughs> But uh, no, this song makes me really happy. Yeah. Um, Your favorite Smiths is- track is this? I wouldn't. Okay, so I don't think this is my favorite Smiths yeah. track, but mm. it's my happiest. It's the one that makes me the happiest. Yeah. So it's cool. So okay. So the way this list is made, I've other songs that are I would consider my favorite songs. Mm. Um, again, I mean, I was. You were probably shocked that there was no uh, David Bowie. Yeah. There was no Patti Smith. There yeah. was, yeah. There was a lot of people that are not on it, which is yeah, kind of weird. That I do love their music, and yeah. I probably love their music more than some mm. of the stuff that's here but it's just tied to like memories and stuff so this one has like my favorite memories tied to it cool just like sweet little moments that it always brings me back to yeah um so that's why it's my favorite cool well not my favorite that's why it's on this playlist yeah and that's why it's that smith song because yeah. it just makes me the happiest probably <laughs> from the smith's best album the queen is dead yeah i would i would think so yeah yeah i always love the uh the synth in it um in, in this song um I think it's beautiful. I think it's it's, it's probably my favorite. Is it, uh, boy, I really like the boy with the thorny side. Yeah, see, I kind of, I rotate with the Smith songs. Like, one week, there'll be one song that's my favorite. And yeah. this week, actually, my current favorite Smith songs are uh, What She Said mm-hmm. and um, Handsome Devil. Cool, yeah, yeah. So those are like my current two yeah. favorite ones. Deep but cuts. I mm? Deep cuts. Mm. They're not like n- terribly known Smith songs, but that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah cool. <laughs> they're not terribly known, yeah, but yeah. like they're they're great. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what she said is like amazing. Yeah. Lyrically and musically and Johnny Marr and Marcy were great together. Yes. They were so good together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we always come back to Marcy's a fucking we dick do. now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. uh, my next song is Girl From Mars. This is an Ash. interesting one. I, I, I wasn't expecting Ash to be on this. But yeah, uh, see, I... Overlooked band. This is cool, yeah. Yeah, again, I, sh- I really love the song. It makes me look really, really happy. Yeah. So uh, I think for every single song in this playlist, uh, playlist I'll be like... Happy. 
I like the song. It makes me happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the next song, Got to Love Somebody, Sister Sledge. Yes. And I had to have a disco thing on this playlist because yep. I really love uh, disco music. Yeah. Um, I think it's very... Well, no, actually, it's becoming more and more kind of... It's coming back, I think, in a way. Disco music from the yeah. 70s, you know, that was kind of considered poppy and kind yeah. of trashy at the time because punk was around then as well. Yeah. Like, punk was seen as having a lot more substance than mm. disco music. But disco music is making a comeback. And mm. I just... I love this song. I love Sister Sledge. They have so many great hits and yeah yeah again got to love somebody i it just yeah i think yeah. it just reminds me of you know running from train to train and in being in a rush and w- for work yeah. yeah and just listening to great disco hits and of course disco i love disco's great yeah. like big connection between new york and disco music obviously it's, oh yeah you know, yeah huge uh, part mm. of it and I suppose you like it's interesting that you say like that disco was seen at the time as not having as much substance as, as punk but in, in in certain ways it was kind of scored to the um to the um, LGBT community and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so huge. It, it does have a huge, yep. you know what I mean? New documentary coming out about Studio 54 and okay. I'm so excited. And actually, yeah, no, it did. Um, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, punk at the time was seen as having more substance or whatever. Mm. But like, no, disco music and just creating that space, especially for LGBTQ community was mm. amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's coming. It's great. I love disco. And uh, actually, I remember being in New York and one of my friends was like, oh, you know, New York always reminds me of like Fa- Frank Sinatra and that kind of musical mm. genre at, at the time. I was like, that's not New York to me. Disco mm. is New York to me. Yeah. And that was like my mm. my kind of vision of that. But uh, yeah, next song, Just Like Heaven, yes. The Cure. Very fantastic. Uh, I love this song. I love The Cure. The mm. Cure had to be on this playlist because they're I just ever since I was like, I don't know, mm. six or seven years old, mm. having dad's Cure records to like my teenage years mm-hmm. where every teenager likes The Cure. Yeah, yeah. To now. So Everyone I think Just Robert Like Smith. Heaven is... Mm? Everyone wants to be Robert Smith. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I had the biggest crush on Robert Smith. And really? then I wanted to look like Robert Smith. And then, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I get these weird crushes on people and then I want to look like them. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So you're any psychologists out there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> analyze that. <laughs> Don't analyze me. <laughs> um... Yeah, I get weird crushes, and I was like, I have a crush on Morrissey. I want to look like Morrissey. Like um, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a that's a different conversation, I guess, for a different time, and not this podcast. No. <laughs> it's great though. Um, yeah. Next. Next is "Every Other Freckle" by All J. It's cool. probably one of my favorite All J songs. Yeah. Um, also, because that's the one song that I can listen to without having to listen to the whole album. Yeah. Because with their first album, it's I kind of like if I if I'm going to listen to a song, I kind of have to start from the beginning and mm. listen to the whole album. So this is a song that I can listen to mm. without having to listen to the full album. Yeah. Uh, then we have The Killing Moon back on The Bunnymen, Great. which I still think is one of the best songs ever written. Brilliant, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's there. I love The Killing Moon. I think it's a an incredible song. Mm. Also, uh, just... Again, with that kind of crooner voice, it's, mm. yeah, it's very, it's very cool. Like the guitars on it and everything, and those Echo and the Bunny Men, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and always I, reminds I, me of High Fidelity, Echo and the Bunny. Mm. Then what do we have next? Uh, Paranoid Android, Radiohead. Yes. This is a. This was. I remember when this came out, nineteen ninety five, ninety six, mm. and it's just being so left of center. 
such a, a strange sound. What's what's your connection with Radiohead and Paranoid Android? What's the what's the deal um, here? Okay, so I love Radiohead, another band that you know has followed me through childhood into teenage years until like now, and I, they're still kind of yeah a band that's just like close to my heart. I guess just in general, mm. and then having to choose just one song, I went for Paranoid, Paranoid Android, mostly because of the lyrics, which I think about fairly often. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every so, at least once a week, I'll think of the line, "When I am king, you will be first against the wall." Um, I think about it often. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's. Yeah. Note to self, don't get on Sarah's bad side. No, I just love the lyrics <laughs> yeah, when I cool. think about it often. When yeah. someone annoys me, yeah. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> you hear about politicians talking shit, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> when I'm king, you will be first against the wall. Yeah, right. Anyway. Um, cool. Yeah, that's a, it's a great song for me. You're finding out so much about me. Yeah, this is, this is great. This is perfect. <laughs> uh, parachute. Take something happens. And yeah, this is we brought up this last week. Yeah. yeah, we brought up this last week. It's just a song that makes me mm. super happy yeah. and something again from remember from it's my childhood. Yeah. I think we have this song. We both, both of us. Love will tear us apart. Joy Division. We're such so happy. <laughs> it's so it's, happy. It's okay. fantastic. It's yeah. a great song. Yeah, not necessarily makes me super happy. Mm. Um, but yeah, I love um. Joy Division mm. and one of the reasons for Love Will Tear Us Apart being here is if I start listening to um, if I start listening to I'm blanking this is embarrassing to um, uh, Joy Division? if I start listening to um, sorry Unknown Pleasures I just blanked on the album name oh, yeah. uh, completely sorry if sure. I start listening to Unknown Pleasures I have to listen to the whole album mm-hmm. so if I was to pick one song yeah. I'd have a problem where I'd have to like I have to sing the rest to myself because I okay. kind of that's like another album that I just have to listen to the full yeah. album. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it just is You couldn't pick one song off yeah. Unknown Pleasures. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons for Love Being mm. Tears Apart on here, but mm. also it's just an amazing, incredible song. Next song is Don't Fear the Reaper. A blue oyster cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. Was it, was that the one that shocked and surprised uh, no, you? No, there, there's one towards the end. There's okay. two towards the end. Okay. But this one, this one, I was, uh, yeah, I was a little bit, uh, yeah. Sell me on Blue Oyster called Don't Fear the okay, Reaper. Okay, so Don't Fear the Reaper. I just, I think it's a really lovely, beautiful song. Sure. Um, I really like it. It's one of those that when I kind of started getting seriously into music in like my mm. teen years, it was the one that I kind of really loved. Cool. Um, and it was on an episode of um, Supernatural. Okay. Which I loved at the time as yeah. well. And I just, I don't know, I just really like the song. Mm. I like the content of the song. I think it's... And then there was that really funny sketch with uh, Cowbell. Oh, yeah. Because we're walking. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, a, it's a rock classic, without a doubt. Don't feel yeah, yeah it's no, cool. it is. And I remember just going to guitar lessons and mm. really being into classic rock and my guitar teacher being really impressed with my music knowledge. I felt really bad, actually, for the girl who was in the lessons with me because she always wanted to learn, like, Miley Cyrus songs or Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> and my guitar so teacher was so impressed <laughs> with my music knowledge yeah. that he'd kind of just, like, push her 
songs back and yeah. I felt really guilty for I now I feel guilty for that maybe at the time I was like yes to stuff like this now maybe that was an education for her maybe she's maybe like, I don't know. maybe your but next yeah. one isn't so far removed from well okay this one yeah Lucretia My Reflection mm-hmm. Sisters of Mercy Um, again it was just hard to pick one Sisters of Mercy song yep. I love the Sisters of Mercy they were one of my absolute favourite bands ever yep. when I was younger I still love them mm-hmm. My, it's one of the songs that's also tied to um, you know my dad introducing me to this music yep. and also my dad and I went to see them live twice mm. so that's that's like an important Sisters of Mercy yeah. are an important band to be on my kind of desert island playlist or any sort of meaningful playlist that I'll make just mm. because like it just ties back to yeah. you know um, being at gigs with my dad which is really great that's, you know that's so a nice that's nice memory that's yeah. so cool um, yeah. let's talk about your next one <laughs> come on Eileen <laughs> From the Sisters of Mercy to Come On Eileen. This is fantastic. Come on, Eileen. Come on, Eileen. It's it's such a great song. It's such a great song. And it's just the one that you always hear at things. It was the first one on your playlist that I I pressed play on. And I knew it already, but it's like, I was so. There's one I'm more surprised about, but this one I was so surprised. I was like, (laughs) Come on, Eileen. It's just. My uh, mom used to sing with this to me when I was a kid, so I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, this is great! This is great!" <laughs> it's a great song. It's just again, it's just tied to so many things, mm. so many like childhood mm. things, and it's a great song. It's it's a great great song. I yeah. like it. It's I great pop. It, yeah, it's great yeah. pop. It's mm. such a happy song. Mm. It makes me feel really happy. Mm. I feel like it's the one you just hear at, like family yeah. things as well, yeah. like always. It's a wedding song. It is yeah, a wedding yeah. song, isn't it? Actually, when we played this in the office, um, one of the women I work with was like, oh, uh, my sister insisted that this song has to be at her wedding reception for whatever <laughs> yeah, reason. Yeah, it's, great. Yeah, it's, it's really a, a wedding, a wedding, wedding yeah, song. But it's a great, it is, it's, it's for a reason it's lasted as long as it has. Yeah, and it, yeah. It is a great, great track. But actually, yeah. a great band. Actually, Midnight Runners, you know, as much as they get slack and stuff like that, I mean, that's some great, great tunes. They're mm. part of that new wave movement. A Stone Cold Classic next. Here comes the sun. Yeah. Yeah. So I, okay. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> not crazy. I'm not crazy into the Beatles. I've I, I really appreciate. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Uh, I'm not crazy into the Beatles. All right. But I mean, I appreciate everything they've done for music, and yeah. they're so so significant and so mm-hmm. important. I'm not super like I'm not a super fan. Mm. Um, I do like a few of their songs mm. and here comes the sun is just one that makes me so happy it just the minute i mm. hear it i'm just so so happy mm. i don't have any particular memories connected to it there mm. probably are loads but i don't necessarily always think of them but whenever here comes the sun comes on mm. i just it makes me very happy yeah and i was listening to it on the bus earlier and i was like yeah just there's something about it that's just so lovely and mm. nice and yeah it's it's you know what it is like the beatles i think have become the modern day equivalent of nursery rhymes. And I think you, you end up absorbing yeah. the Beatles from a very young age. Like you say, you, you do. don't really know where you heard it first, but you yeah. know it. Yeah. And that's like a nursery rhyme. Um, it really is. And it's just one that just makes me very happy. And that's why it's there. And yeah. it just, yeah, it just, there's something about it when it starts. It just reminds me of like a fresh morning, mm. a fresh start, just mm. really nice and positive. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm just happy. The answer to my next question, uh, are you a Beatles or a Stones fan? Because <laughs> Give Me Shelter is Yeah, there. yeah, Give Me Shelter. I think they're both important. They are? Um, I used to be like very, 
like I was more Rolling Stones than Beatles, mm-hmm. but I don't know now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I feel like the Beatles have done so much more than the Stones have. Even yeah. though I don't know, just I think they've kind of almost had a song in every single genre. Yeah. Uh, doesn't heavy metal almost come directly from Helter Skelter? Skelter? Yeah. Y- they've done so much for mm. music. They've defined mm. so much of what music is today. Yeah. Um. So they're, I think they're like really, really important. Mm. Um, I think they, I don't know. I should actually, I mean, it's hard to like, are you stones? Or are you but I suppose like, it's, it m- might be like an attitude thing. Like you say, like the Beatles are probably more pervasive of influence, but the stones are probably more influential on what would come in terms of punk and kind of harder edged music, mm. isn't it? Like Gimme Shelter is like probably uh, one of the great rock songs, isn't it? Like yeah. it's so iconic. You know yeah. it from the minute it starts. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's not even about the Vietnam War. What is it about? We actually ended up looking this up because I was like, oh, it just always reminds me of like Vietnam War. And Mm. it's so cool. It's like from Mm. that era. And I really like that music. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's some personal thing with Uh, Mick Jagger. Mick? Yeah. yeah. Best front man of all time, Mick Jagger, (laughs) would you say? He's still going. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I saw him live in Slain 10 years ago. And he like there was bits where he had to go off the stage probably to get oxygen, <laughs> but he's still giving it yeah. all of that, you know, all the movements and yeah. stuff like that. Um, just can't believe he's still just at it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, he's good one for of, him. Like there's like you can kind of see in younger artists now, like who, who try to be in rock bands, trying to kind of channel the Mick Jagger. Some people try to channel Keith Richards, I suppose. This is mm. kind of this is the period with uh, probably Keith Richards is probably his best on guitar and this kind of mm. uh, like he's probably one of my favorite guitarists, Keith Richards. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's talk about your last one. <laughs> Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that had to be there. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, something from my emo days. And I don't know. It's just, I really like the song. It's another one that's just happy. And also, we're all kind of like, teenage feel like bags. a teenage bird, dirt bag sometimes and i don't know i just you know it just reminds me of it was such a big hit it was a huge what hit. really made me smile about this because it's on a it's on the spotify playlist it's from songs from dawson's creek uh that was i don't know for whatever reason when i was looking to put it on my playlist that was where i, uh, <laughs> I used to watch dawson's creek i i was invested in the pacey mm. dawson and joey love triangle um <laughs> at one point so mm. no that's that's really cool it it actually brought me back listening to that. Like, i have not listened to teenage dirtbag yeah. in yeah. a good few many years so that was mm. that's that's a cool i think we learned a lot of it yeah. Sarah. but uh, yeah also the, i guess the last thing i'm gonna just say about it is it was just one of those songs from like when you're a teenager and you know um it just you kind of relate to it and then also just being in new york we used to go to these uh emo karaoke nights oh my god <laughs> they were so much fun because there was a bunch of people like your age yeah my age who would have grown up at the time yeah just you know having fun listening yeah. to the songs from like their youth and sure um it was actually like i was never gonna go up on that stage because oh, it, was it, it wasn't like it wasn't say. it wasn't actually like karaoke karaoke like you had to learn off your song oh. because there weren't no words so they would put out the playlist that they were going to do for the night there was a live band you yeah. had to get up on stage oh. with a live band and sing your song and oh. know all your words so it was very intimidating and there was a full crowd right in front of you so that was like I'm never ever doing this but I'm just going to come in for the crack and we just had a few friends that we had a great time 
with uh, those evenings. So, um, if anyone's listening and runs a karaoke night that has teenage dirtbag <laughs> on it, get in contact with Sarah <laughs> so she can do it because I would actually I know, come <laughs> just to see that. Oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, cool. Put on the uh, American accent and yeah, everything. Yeah, her name yeah. was Noel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that is my fifteen songs. That's so I think fantastic. we have to. Yeah, we ended up going with fifteen this we time around as well because it was hard. Um, yeah, That's now it's cool. your turn. <laughs> now it's my turn. Uh, hold on, I get onto this thing. Stephen White, right? My Desert Island Discs fifteen. Uh, <laughs> very unsurprisingly, from anyone who knows mm. me, "Wuthering Heights" by Kate Bush is the first song on this, and it is my favorite song of all time very much connected with probably my earliest memory of music was watching, we were, like a bit of context, you know, uh, we were dirt poor growing up. Uh, my mom raised me, teenage mother, we lived in a one-bedroom flat in Waterford, we had no carpet on the floor, but we had like an old broken TV, and um, at one point there was a TV show, it was on, I can't remember what it was, it might have been like a Top of the Pops or something like that, and the video for Wuthering Heights came on and I was sitting on the floor I was about probably five and I was sitting on the floor and this white beam came across the screen and and my mom was a punk so she listened to mostly punk she hated Kate Bush and she goes oh this one she sounds like a banshee or whatever and I was <laughs> just absolutely captivated by it I'd never seen because this was like Waterford 1991, 90. We, as I said, we were poor. This was so far removed from anything in the reality of my life. It was quite grim. And it was just like, oh, what the hell is this? What, what is, like, this exists? People like this exist in the outside world? Who is she? I remember asking my mom all these questions. Who's Kate Bush? What is, like, I, I never, I, you know. So I completely fell in love with music at that point. Like, other music that was, wasn't exactly quantifiable by radio or something like that because it was the most enchanting thing I'd ever seen and still to this day is the most vivid memory of my childhood. I actually, it's weird because I can actually see myself watching it so it's, there's probably a reason for that but like it's it's incredible piece of music. She's incredible. Mm. 17 when she wrote it which is just absolutely... She was 17? She was 17 years of age Jesus. when she wrote this piece of music. She's actually, you know, she was so young when she started out mm. and it's like one of those things now looking at it with a modern kind of thing like as somebody who's read the book and everything like that, somebody to capture the idea of that novel so well in music and, and her entire career. I mean, this is one as well that I couldn't just, like I had to just pick one song and obviously it was going to be this one, but as I, was, I think I messaged you, it was like, I've been listening to Hound's Love mm. all week and that is probably so. And she produced her own music as well. She, she like really, like when people talk about, you know, the, the evolution of, of women in music, um, I remember there was an article like somebody wrote about like, people should pay more respect to Kate Bush for what she did because she did so much, you know. And I think a lot of pop music, regardless of gender, regardless of who you are, owes so much to Kate Bush. I mean, perfect genius. Um, you wouldn't have that sound without Kate Bush. And yeah. love. But Wuthering Heights is my earliest musical memory and it was one of, you know, probably the first time ever it was completely... But I think somehow my mom saying that she sounded like a banshee played into the enchanting <laughs> kind of otherness of it. Um, but yeah, you know, wood bedroom flat, wooden floor darker times but like so you know transported the nature of music so that's Kate Bush you know still to this day I can listen to the song regardless of mood like I can be happy or sad or whatever and listen to the song and I, I never get bored of it you know there's some songs you're like I don't want to listen to that right now mm. but uh, that one I can always listen to next one is Joan as Policewoman Eternal Flame and that's from her first album Real Life which is probably her best album again this is kind of more connected with uh, 
sappy love stuff, uh, Sarah. <laughs> so I won't, I won't bore you with it. But um, Eternal Flame is definitely connected with something like that. Probably my first um, most serious relationship in 2008, 2007. That would have been around the time. Also, she's a, it's a fantastic song. She's a fantastic musician. Uh, a little bit overlooked, although she did just play a sold out show in Dublin there uh, oh, wow. about two weeks ago. And a, a little bit of connection with someone who comes on later in this list, list who's Jeff Buckley. She was Jeff Buckley's girlfriend around the time of his death and he wrote uh, Everybody oh. Here Wants You a Better. Um, but a, an artist in her own right with a great song, Eternal Flame, I, I love. Um, talking Heads, this must be the place. Yeah, I was shocked that I actually didn't put any Talking Heads in my playlist. I thought for definite you'd probably choose this I, one. Huh, I know. I, <laughs> I don't know why they're not there because... It's funny because it's like one of the things that I would like associate yeah. um, with like good memories and yeah. stuff. And it, I don't know. I went, well, again, I mean, I went with Sisters of Mercy more for like mm. stuff my dad introduced me to yeah. because we went to the gigs and stuff. Yeah. But like Talking Heads are probably closer to, you know, yeah. those like those memories but i don't know why there's none and i'm, I'm that's that's actually when i saw your playlist i was yeah. like wow that shocked me that i have no talking heads on my playlist yeah. Yeah. like it actually shocked me that i didn't put anything on yeah don't know why yeah i don't know why anyway sorry I you love this song i mean it's 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 a real for me it's a real warm blanket of a song i think lyrically mm. and stuff like that it's actually we were talking about tattoos earlier as like if i was ever to get any kind of um Tattoos, something tattooed on my my on myself. Mm. In terms of words, it would be this must be the place because um, just that that feeling, like yeah, you know, um, it, that idea, like the song's idea of home being wherever the people you care about being is quite beautiful. And yeah, I like this version of it. I also like the version in the uh, um, Stop Making Sense, the live movie. Yeah, um, the synth on it sounds beautiful, but it's 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 one of those songs for me that's just really like this is one if I felt really down or I felt a bit like lost or whatever I put on like, this yeah. place. it's such a cool song Talking Heads again it was another band where it's like do I choose that do I choose Once in a Lifetime yeah do it's I choose, hard you know Girlfriend is better <laughs> but um no I think this is their if I was to put a Talking Heads song on the playlist yeah, this would have been the song yeah Um, even though I just I love Born Under Punches but oh, like yeah, it's, it's not yeah. as yeah it's not as like Remain in the Light that's yeah. such a great 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 album as well yeah. Uh, my next one, Solange, um, from her album before Cranes and Sky, True, uh, Losing You, which I heard um, once on the radio. It was one of the few songs where I was like, does anybody have that? Fu- What's that app where you can put it up and it tells you what the name of the song is? You know. Uh, Shazam. 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 You know these types of things, Sarah. <laughs> um, and I was like, what the hell is that? And I was like, I, I must listen to this more. And I, I've become obsessive. It's one of my favorite songs of the last couple of years, really. Uh, modern songs, Losing You. Uh, obviously, uh, Beyonce's sister, um, mm. but a very, a very artistic person. I think everything she does is so well considered. The video of this is um, uh, directed or was shot in Africa uh, in amongst the community there. I can't remember the name of it. Somebody told me where they, they dress in quite um, colorful clothing, but very kind of you know, uh, well put together kind of stuff. It's this community. I can't remember what it's called. It was on an ad as well. I'm but um, sure. I, it was. I remember seeing it. But anyway, this song is just, it's so Shaka Khan and the kind of you know the the mm. rhythms of it. It's very eighties. But I think she's fantastic. I really like it. What do you listen to this? What do you think of Solange anyway? Just as a general thing. I'm actually yeah not that familiar. Yeah. And uh, I think she's great. Yeah. I'm just not too familiar yeah. with her music. Yeah. So I uh, can't comment too much. Yeah. But it's maybe something I should look into because every t- like I'm always like I need to look out for more new music because yeah. I feel sometimes I just get stuck listening mm. to the same thing over and over again. Um. So you know what? I'll report to you back on that next mm. week. <laughs> it's it's a, a spine tingly song for me. Uh, yeah. The next one is 
is just a fantastic fucking song. It's just here more than anything. Um, All My Friends by LCD Sound System. Um, mm. Just amazing. Um, I've never been to New York, but I <laughs> always feel like that's kind of the sound of it. That's your... That's your idea of the oh, sound well, New of New York. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is all my friends, because obviously James Murphy's so, so mm. connected with that city. Um, and it's just like, I remember, this is another one where I just heard, and like the piano was so offsetting, the song, where it's almost uh, Steve Reiche minimalism. Mm. And uh, with then with just like, you know, you know, a song about like going to a party and like walking home at like six in the morning. <laughs> you know, it, w- what a great, what a great reason to write a song. And just as he did Sound System, Sound of Silver is such a great album. You know, Us V Them, um, you know, tracks like that on that. Um, Someone Great, you know, such a great album. Uh, probably a modern classic, actually, in a lot of ways, All My Friends. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we both just talked about this. Uh, Joy Division, <laughs> Love and Tears Apart. Great song. Everybody loves Joy Division. Yep. Uh, next is Smashing Pumpkins, 1979. <laughs> Let me take you back, Sarah, to 1995 <laughs> and an emo Steve. Who first heard uh, who Smashing bought Smashing Pumpkins and this uh, the video to this song a world where I now okay my memory of the nineties is amalgamated into one big thing so this could all be chronologically out of order but I do believe Buffy the Vampire Slayer my so called <laughs> life and maybe some something else do you remember my so called life with Claire Danes it was this really Generation X my life is so hard you know, <laughs> really, you know that kind of stuff no no I know of it yeah. I've never watched it. Oh, you don't need... It's probably you don't incredibly need to watch it. <laughs> dated now. There's yeah. maybe there's people who are fans like, no, you must watch it. Same with Buffy the Vampire. It's yeah, so yeah. emo and over the top. <laughs> but that was, the, that was the whole point of the Smashing Pumpkins, that, that they were so fucking emo. But 1979, like that... Just the minute, it just takes me back to a different time. And just time when like, oh, again, it was a bit transportative, I suppose, in a way, because America was so exotic to me growing up. It's like, oh, even if it was like middle America where they thought there was nothing going on, the video had him in the back of a car driving to, what do they call those shops in America? Like it's a late night shop. It's 24-7 or 7-11 A or something. bodega? Yeah, something like well, that. Well, New York bodega or a 7. Yeah, they have loads of 7 Yeah, which is like, you're, you lived in New York. You're like, that's the most ordinary thing in the world. What the hell are you talking about? But to <laughs> me, it's just like, oh my God, it looks so, like they're trashing the, the aisles in the, in, the, in the video and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is probably one of my favorite albums. Mm. Uh, what do you think of the Smashing Pumpkins in general? Billy Corgan, I, all that. Actually, that was the one band that I never really got into that much. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see I don't know why. why. I just, uh, yeah, I never really mm. got into them yeah. that much mm. at all. And I don't know why. No, that's, that's fair. All I I can, that's all I can say on they're that. They're a bit Marmite. They're a bit Marmite. Um, <laughs> Redbone, <laughs> Childish Gambino. Uh, which I just another modern track that I just absolutely fell in love with. It's a it's a Prince song mm, by all. It really is. <laughs> it's it? all intense <laughs> perfect, isn't it? Uh, his voice is incredible. His his falsetto in this is just beautiful, and yeah. the production is great. And it's again, it's just like it's just a song I've 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 really been playing over and over and over again, and I I really enjoy every time I listen to it. Again, it's another song I can listen to regardless of mood. It's got I like this. Like, yeah. What do you think of, of Redbone? What's your I love it. Take yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love I love Childish Gambino mm. and Redbone. It's it's such a beautiful song. Mm. It's, it's sad yeah. and lovely and yeah. It's it's yeah. It's a sad and lovely. It's kind of yeah. that's the kind of the vibe, isn't it? Like that stay woke uh, uh, yeah. lyric, which can be taken multiple ways. I think in the context of the song, it's about a relationship coming to an end. Yeah. Two people. Yeah. Having to kind of realize it, but in in a wider context, he's using that Get Out movie, yeah, um, as well. So that was pretty cool. Um, no, and you're totally right about the 
it's a Prince song. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Prince is great. It's it, I, I had a Prince song in this at, at one point, and I was like, what Prince song would I go with? And like, I love so many Prince songs. Uh, and you didn't go with Prince? I didn't go with him. Ah. I kind of went with modern Prince in a way, with Childish Gambino. Uh, Tame Impala, the less I know, the better. This just reminds <laughs> me of um, seeing them live in Forbidden Fruit. Around the time this album came out, Currents, um, sunny, sunny weather, hanging out with friends who was taking photos with at, at, at the festival. Just fucking great times. I, I lived in Harold's Cross at the time. Or was it Rathmines? One or the other. And I was walking, I would walk back from Kilmainham, which was about an hour, 40 minute walk, but it was so lovely to walk. It was kind of very relaxing. Mm. But I would have that in my earphones after watching them play. And it, was just, <laughs> it was great. The great, great fucking album too. Maybe, maybe itself a modern classic. What do you think of Tame and Pop? What's your take? Uh. I like a few other songs. Yep. The less you know, the better being one. Yeah. Um, not huge into like everything that they do. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think they're good. They have mm. kind of a fun vibe mm. and it's kind of fun to listen to sometimes. So mm. um, I kind of only know a few of their songs and, yeah. you know, they'd be on playlists and whatever. And they're kind of fun to listen to when just I have, I need to listen to something. Yeah. They're <laughs> so, a, kind yeah. of a softer version of Alt-J almost, aren't they? They're not as um, punchy as Alt-J, I think. Alt-J I don't. Maybe, maybe, but I wouldn't. Mm. I don't know if I'd associate them with, with All J too much. Yeah, but um, yeah, cool. I don't think they're as weird. Yeah, they're definitely not as weird. They're not as weird. All, All J, J are like very weird. weird. Are very strange. Yeah, I, I love them. <laughs> yeah. I love them because they're so weird. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Kylie portions for foxes. Um. I loved Rilo Kylie. They're not together anymore. They made two albums, uh, more adventurous, uh, being the first and the next one uh, under the black light. Uh, Jenny Lewis, obviously, it was her band. She's gone on to have a solo career and, and done quite well. Um, I like Portions for Foxes. It's just indie pop, loveliness, jangly, jangly indie pop. Her voice is great. I think she's gone on to do more kind of countryish music now, which makes sense when you listen to it. Again, it's intertwined with sappy, lovey-dovey stuff. Fine, um, but it's it's just a great song too. Riley Kylie, a forgotten band that I, I wish more people listened to because I never meet anyone who's like, oh, I like Riley Kylie. What yeah, I meet actually, people Actually, I'm like not that. really. Familiar yeah, with them either, so they were cool. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things to go, Rollo Kylie, and everyone's like, What? And I go, Ah, <laughs> someday. Um, Some for Me by September Girls, one of an Irish band that I, who I don't think are together anymore. Um, But this is like a B side of theirs that I just really liked. I liked lo fi music. Mm. And I thought, I, what I really liked about them is that they were an American band that were from Ireland and Dublin. I think that they, they existed perhaps in America, perhaps like California or somewhere like that, around where like Beach Coast and Dum Dum Girls and stuff like that, they would have yeah. benefited from it more. Unfortunately, Ireland is quite small and that's the thing and like niche genres like that, you know, if it's Have niche, a hard time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're a niche genre in America, that might actually just mean 4 million people listen to you. But in yeah. Ireland, if you're niche, that means maybe 400, you know. Yeah, exactly. So you don't really get people going to your gigs and, you know. Yeah. It's, really it's hard. You yeah. kind of exist online. Yeah, that's and it. And on Spotify, but you don't really have anyone, you know, at your gigs. No. Which is kind of not as fun, I guess. So Totally. They were a cool band. I, I liked everything about them. They had a, two albums, um, Cursing the Sea and the other one, The Age of Indignation, which was a great album released after um, The Marriage Equality. And it was an album about repealing the eighth. Um, I know some of the members involved in September Girls were very much a part of, of that movement. Uh, and, and did some great work um, for it. So, I mean, their band also had a kind of a social conscious as well and got a little bit overlooked. I, I, they're one of my favourites. I went with my cure pick. You went with Just Like Heaven. I <laughs> yep. went with uh, Close To Me, which I always like, just like the little piano pizzicato. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I was going to go with Lullaby as well. 
Lullaby was. Um. Yeah. No, I like that song mm. for my uh, portfolio when I was applying to college. I did yeah. a whole little animation. Um. That was all about that song, and I Close loved to it me. for. Yeah. No, oh. not close to me. Lullaby. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I should have said that. Yeah. I should have said lullaby. Yeah. I did a whole little. I made like a spider out of sweets, and I did like <laughs> yeah, a yeah. stop motion animation, Aww. which is still somewhere. It's very embarrassing, but it's still somewhere. That's kind of But cool. yeah, I did a whole project based around the cure. I loved the cure so much. Oh yeah, yeah. So close to me is a great one though. It's it's very mm. like it's very minimal as well. Mm. It's such a minimal song. That's a very good point. There's mm. not a lot in it, is there? No. Apart from there's... the bass, drums, that little yeah. scatter thing. Yeah. But it's lovely. It's a lovely song. Yeah, it's it's there. It's very much a part of their poppiest period, isn't it? Yeah, like it's it's in right in the middle there, um, just like me is uh, just like heaven as well is is part of that kind of. Mm. He was a great pop songwriter, Robert Smith, and a very <laughs> interesting character. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, as as much as like the smeared lipstick on his face, <laughs> and everything else, the visage was different. Isn't it strange that? Like if you like, and I don't want to be that guy where you're just like pop stars to now are different. Obviously, they are. They have to be. Mm. It's a different time. But it's just interesting that he was a pop star at one point. You know, pop, yeah. Visually, it's, crazy it's, it's kind of strange. Yeah, you don't really. I I don't really view um the Cure as a pop band. Mm. You know. No, I. I, I mean, their music is poppy, but it's also also it's not poppy. It's poppy, but not poppy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so. it's very intertwined. It's more. If you could call like Echo and the Bunny Man kind of like uh, kind of rock, I suppose on the gothy end of the scale. I think they were all goths though. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh big stuff. <laughs> all star. of them. Yeah, it was it yeah. was the time of the goth, as much as the mid nineties was the time of my so called life in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The early eighties was very much the time in which mm. to be a goth. Yeah. Um Actually another cure favourite is probably in between days. Oh, that's a great one. I yeah. love that one. Sorry, I just had to look it up there. What album like, is that from? Is that a what album is disintegration? That? Uh, it is from the head on, on the, the door. door. Oh, I think it might be the same album. It's close to me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, that that kind of makes sense, kind of sonically, doesn't it? Mm. Um. Yeah, they were great. He kind of frightened me when I was younger. That video from Lullaby <laughs> frightened me. That was yeah. terrifying because I have sleep uh, paralysis. I think the song Ooh. is about sleep paralysis. Yeah, so, uh, either sleep paralysis. I think at one point he said it was just based on scary stories he mm. has heard as a child. Some people say it's about drugs and, mm. um just being unable to sleep at night because yeah. of a bad drug addiction. Um, I don't know. People have like different takes takes on the song. Mm. I think he personally at one point said it was about just hearing scary stories as a child. Yeah. And, but it makes sense that it's about sleep paralysis as well. Like yeah. you, can, you can put your own meaning yeah. onto many of these things. So Maybe the video was about sleep paralysis. Maybe. Do you know that kind of yeah. way? And actually the song wasn't about it at all. Yeah. In that kind of kind of turnaround. Um mm. the next one is one I'm gonna get a little bit on a soapbox about. It's haunted <laughs> by the Pogues, but sang uh by Cotter Reardon, who is the bass player in the Pogues. It's from the Sid and Nancy uh soundtrack, the one Gary Oldman plays mm. Sid Vicious, which is a okay movie. I think Gary Oldman does really well as Sid Vicious. Yeah. I think everyone else around him is bad acting. Yeah, it wasn't my favourite movie. No, I, I I mean it's obviously it's a very dark story. Probably a story that's probably better suited to a documentary than uh, a, a film. Movie, a film. But uh, Gary Oldman, great actor and he was great in that movie. But Haunted now. There are two versions of this song. One song, one version is the probably the better known one in which Shane McGowan sings a duet with Sinead O'Connor. Um, I like the Cot or Reardon version because uh, she just sings it straight it's not a duet and, and I think when you listen to the Shane McGowan Sinead O'Connor version you kind of wish maybe Sinead O'Connor just sang it the whole way through herself um, yeah because Shane McGowan I like Shane McGowan I like his voice because I think it's interesting but 
Uh, I think this is a type of song that it just needs uh, one narrative. It's not a it's not a conversation. It's a narrative. Mm. It's a one person's point of view. And it's just great. I mean, it has some naff. Okay, it has a terribly naff lyric, where it was like, "You are so cool, you could have put out Vietnam." So that's a that's a uh, naff lyric. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. Jesus. It, it has a it has a it has a it has a cool sound to it. And it's some it's a song that I've always liked. And um, my next one is David Bowie. <laughs> uh, and everyone now I've never met anyone who's agreed with me on this so my favourite David Bowie album is Low from the Berlin series my favourite David Bowie song is Absolute Beginners <laughs> uh, from his much maligned 80s period but I yeah. love this I love his voice I was I, I think more than any aspect of David Bowie above the genre changing and the, the personality changing his voice has always been the thing that I really love and I think this is probably his best vocal to me even though it's a kind of a throwaway pop song, um, Absolute Beginners, uh, which I think was from a movie also made by the guy who made Sid and Nancy, which had um, Patsy Kensit in it. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, take, make of that what you will. Mm-hmm. David, David Bowie is also a winner. Do you remember David Bowie was in that film, The Last Temptation of Christ, playing Pontius Pilate, the Martin Scorsese movie? He was in it. Yeah, he played. Wait, what? He played, la- really? Yeah, he played. Willem Dafoe was. Willem Dafoe was Jesus. I watched this movie. And David Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie plays Punchy Spoiler in his David Bowie action. He's just doing a trick, and he does that like, and it's just like no mm. attempt to, <laughs> to yeah. sound like a a Roman uh, uh, like you know ancient soldier. But mm. anyway, my biggest celebrity crush. David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah, I think he's yeah. He's yeah. a beautiful man. Even yeah. with the different eye thing. That probably only added to it. It did. That actually added to it. Yeah. I like weird yeah. features. That's that's David Bowie. He was. I mean, it's so interesting. I remember around the time he died, um, I did a panel on the vinyl and wine, which I'm doing again in two weeks' time. I'm going to do tapestry with Carol King with the guys. Um, but we did one on, on David Bowie. And I remember um I won't name the person because they're a singer, but because uh, cause it was a personal story, but they talked to me about how that was the first time. And they're out, so it doesn't matter, but I don't want to put anyone in that position. Mm. But they said like, that was watching David Bowie in Labyrinth was the mm. first time that they found out that they were, he was gay. <laughs> and I was like, that's a, that's a cool story. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. David Bowie means so much to so many people. That, yeah. Like even for him, it was like a, an awakening of sorts. And I was like, that's, yeah. a, that's a really sweet thing to know. You know what I mean? That he kind of... he. He was such a, an all-pervasive artist. Mm. He means so much different. What's your favourite David Bowie song? I've never I was, yeah, just looking there. Uh, uh, well, right now, I right think now. it's um, Moon Age Daydream. Oh, yeah. Freak I love that song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like that one right now. You're into Ziggy Ziggy. Ziggy. Yeah. Oh, Z- yeah. I, Ziggy Bowie. Mm. The... I, yeah, I love it. Aladdin the androgyny. Scene. Oh, the androgyny. Yeah. I love that. So just subversive at the time. Yeah. Probably subversive now still. Uh, Maybe, the androgyny yeah. probably still in terms of just pop stars he would yeah. be quite still on, on yeah. the cutting edge doing it's like, that like oh he looks like a boy now he looks like a girl well, now yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> well don't yeah. do that <laughs> don't do that to me yeah yeah, he was he was amazing um, and like again like given a different time or a different mood I would have had a different cha- a pick of favourite one but yeah. absolute beginners yeah screw you all it's the one I like <laughs> that and then yeah. around the same time uh, which is also in a Tarantino movie um, in, in Glorious Bastards which is such a weird scene when she's getting ready to set fire to the cinema spoilers for Inglorious Bastards I suppose uh, the uh, cat people pulling out the fire oh yeah Jackson. I love that song yeah. Diane Kruger no Diane Kruger is the actress can't remember the name of the French actress in that movie who plays the girl who owns the cinema um she's fantastic in that scene because she's just like getting ready and it's so like no i don't think there's another modern song at any point maybe there is but it's just like all of a sudden it becomes a music video for david bowie's putting out the fire Mm. uh cat people i think that's the name of the song 
and she's in it and it's just like this is I remember watching it going fucking David Bowie where did that come out of but it was great that was the cool thing I guess I think my favourite movie of his is probably uh, that vampire movie <gasps> Bauhaus open it um which was like wow because that was uh that was amazing hunger yes yes, hunger i was like oh steve mcqueen also has a movie that's called by the same name hunger um yeah bauhaus open it with battle lugosi's dead yeah and peter murphy i love peter murphy yeah and uh he he's in the opening shot of that and david bowie's this vampire and susan as well as in it oh yeah she's in it too that's a great that's such a great pull that's oh you've got me there that's a, he was a good actor, David Bowie. He was. He was also really on was. Twin Peaks. Yes, the movie really? Fire Walk with Me. Oh, he's in a very very odd scene, but he's great in it as well. <laughs> he has a southern accent. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> but that, oh my god, Hunger! That's such a late night film four pull. I love it, Mark Kermode. Mm. Um, ah, that's great. I must go back and watch that. Um, yeah, what great else movie. do I have on this? Uh, Last one. So, um, Jeff Buckley, Grace. Um, I just, I mean, this album, he's one of those people who, who's, whose music, although it's just one slice of, one piece of music, has just kind of survived for decades and decades and decades and mean, meant so much to so many people. Um, there's a few different songs on that album that you could pick. You could pick, um, you know, A Lover, You Should Have Come Over, uh, Hallelujah, um, if you're into that version of that song. Mm. Uh, if you're not into the very heavy Leonard Cohen version. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I prefer the Jeff Buckley, yeah, Buckley version. Yeah, it's just yeah. there's so much more emotion mm. and beautiful voice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, such and him and he used to date the singer from uh, Cocteau Twins. What's her name? Can't remember. But you imagine the two of them singing together? I, I used to amazing. call them the Cockatoo Twins. Oh, <laughs> I think I'm. I'm uh, is it the Cockatoo Twins? I don't. Know, I don't know. I think you're right. I'm wrong. Oh, I I'm wrong. wrong. You're right. I'm oh, wrong. Are you sure? I'm wrong because okay. I said this finally out loud at one point <laughs> to someone. They're like, "That's not how you <laughs> pronounce it." It's like I don't. I can't remember yeah. the last time I've actually said it out loud. Yeah. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cockatoo. That's uh, not how you pronounce it. <laughs> they were a great band too. Uh, but this album, Grace, this song is so multiple things happening on guitar in it, uh, multiple things happening with his voice in it. Um, like I mean, so sad. A perfect album. Um, and it's, I suppose it's great that it's like it's. I, I remember hearing of younger people. I work in a college where they listen to music, still connecting with Jeff Buckley, which is great to know that it yeah. hasn't dissipated or hasn't been like ah, uh, you know, there's better things out there. It's cool. Do you have a favorite Jeff Buckley fan? Are you a Jeff Buckley fan? Um, not huge, yeah. and I wouldn't know much of his stuff other than like Hallelujah and maybe one or two other songs yeah uh, so I'm just gonna have to say you know Hallelujah is probably my favourite yeah that's fair cover of yeah. any song that's a uh, good one yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah because he just point. did a fantastic job with it yeah and then every other singer who came after who just like belted out it's like that's not what it's about yeah. sure you have a great voice yeah. but that's not what it's about yeah. where's the emotion where's the feeling where's that's it's not just true. the vocals <laughs> and he had not just the vocals but mm. he had that emotion behind every single word that he mm. sang so that was it's a very beautiful song oh it, and just you can feel the pain and the mm. emotion in the in his voice mm. and that's something i really love about singers yeah not the voice not how what no like how high they can hit mm. the notes or mm. how low or mm. whatever i don't i don't mm. think singing is just about the skill no. um it's about so much more it's mm. about connecting with people and yeah. i think he just 
with that song anyway. Yeah. He made like a great connection with people through it. And it's a, probably a great example of a great lyricist and a great singer. Yeah. You know, Leonard yeah. Cohen, not the greatest singer. But not the greatest singer, but like he, incredible yeah. poet. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you know what? In, in like kind of like what you're saying, he could sing his lyrics with an amount of emotional connection where it didn't matter. Mm. Um, obviously his is like very down there and Jeff Buckley's very up there it's it's the same with Hurt Nine Inch Nails like yes, yes. Johnny Cash you, like Sings just the way he delivers it, yeah. delivers it mm. is just insane because you can re- you can feel so much he mm. just like pulls all that emotion yeah. out of those lyrics and just you know gives yeah. it to you uh, I mean Trent Renzer is great yeah and I mean that song is so beautifully written mm. But Johnny Cash just delivered it yeah. so incredibly well that I'm pretty sure that Trent Renzer was like, no, you know, just call it a Johnny Cash song. Yeah. I don't care. I he think did he it was, so much yeah. better, which I is really lovely. I love when musicians do that. Yeah. You know, that was the same with uh, Bob Dylan and Jimi Hendrix were all along the Watchtower. Mm. And uh, Bob Dylan was like, look, I've, I would have never been able to do it the way Jimi Hendrix do mm. it. It's a Jimi Hendrix song. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? It's 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 interesting to see that, isn't it? With yeah. people, I wonder. I never heard how Leonard Cohen took the the the. Yeah, the I never one. never heard that. I think but he um, seems like the type of guy who who'd be okay with who it. Would have been okay with. I that. mean, I feel like you know you're you're talented. Uh, you know you're a talented you're person. Cohen, you it's fine. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you're Bob Dylan. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. You know, yeah. it doesn't really. Um, and I feel it's so selfless and lovely when musicians do that, and they're like, yeah. "Look, someone did it better than me. Yeah, it's theirs." You yeah, know? it's it's interesting. I mean, like you say, I don't think anyone who's covered it since Jeff Buckley covered it is. Yeah. I think they always think of it as this kind of like gospel song, but it's actually not a gospel no. song at all. It's no. about something completely different. Yeah, and just but yeah, I mean, look, if you're if people aren't familiar with Jeff Buckley, I'm sure they are. Go yeah. check out Grace. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. I think he's become something of it. He's one of those people, he, like almost like Ian Carter. He's a he's a victim maybe in certain respects of his own. Yeah, um, posthumous. Uh, so. But um, great artist. His father as well was amazing. Um, he originally sang Song to the Siren, which was co- covered by Oxford Twins oh. as this mortal coil, which oh. is weird. Um, bringing it all back to that woman whose <laughs> name I can't remember, but she had a great voice. But that's my Desert Island playlist. Um, that was really cool. I think we found out loads about our different tastes. We might yeah. put these all together as one big playlist. Yeah, and want. then just have people check it out if yeah. they feel like checking it I out. I think it's a, it's a diverse, I mean, you have Jeff Buckley there you have um, yeah. stuff by the Sisters of Mercy you have stuff by Solange you have stuff by uh, Weedus you have stuff by uh, Dexys Miller Runners yeah. stuff like that Sisters Sledge you know things like that so it's a cool diverse kind of genre warped kind of type yeah. thing that's cool and that's kind of that's what I was suggesting we do it it's just really nice mm. to you know think about things that you might not think about regularly Yeah, and you know it, it would probably a nice exercise if people who do listen to this podcast did for yeah. themselves. Yeah, I you think... You kind of find out really weird things. You do. bands that you left out yeah. and the bands that are there. That's, that know. was the thing. I, I really was like, should I put a Pixie song in there? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, Debaser, I really like it. But then I didn't really, you know, I was like, I like... It's like, there's a lot of artists whose music I really like that just wouldn't make that list. You know? Yeah. And like, there are some songs I consider my absolute favorite songs that are not here. Because I love them as a song, mm. but they don't have any kind of meaning yeah. attached to them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting exercise to yeah. do. Yeah.